Major League Baseball, we're talking about starting up in the area, uh, Phoenix area, using all the spring training facilities. We've been talking about it all week. You know, what's it going to be like in this MLB village when it comes to uh, what's a 50 mile radius for all of these uh, spring training facilities? Also thought about Florida, but that was about what they say a 220 mile radius for their spring training facilities. So obviously they want to bring it all in together more close, hence the Phoenix area. And a lot of players, including a Brewers pitcher, Brett Anderson, saying that they didn't like that idea. They didn't like being away from their families for four and a half to five months. And then, which, you know, I get because it would just be baseball, quarantine, baseball, quarantine, baseball, quarantine, repeat, repeat, no fans in the stands. Got to be very taxing on the psyche because they are human beings too. But man, I would like to, I wouldn't mind going away for four to five months to make, and what were we talking about this yesterday, Nelson? What was the, the MLB well, average? I, I asked you if you would want to be away from your family for roughly four months because aren't they already talking about uh, possibly having fans in MLB games by August, I think, was the date that yeah, I saw. Yeah, I think I saw that Like too. a week ago. So it'd be basically like four months and you get paid the MLB player average, which is roughly four to four and a half million dollars a year. I would go away for four to five months. Sorry to my wife. I mean, I could still look at you through a screen, I guess. It'd be a long four or five months, but I would take, what was the average again? Four to four and a half million a year. You could round down to four. I'd still take that. Hell, I'd, I'd take you at a discount. I'd take you $3 million. I'd probably even go $2 million to be away for a couple months to play a game and then quarantine uh, in a little area in Phoenix. I think that'd be okay. I would do that. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Same, but you wouldn't you know, even be able to finish the question. I'd be packed my bags and already headed to Arizona. Yeah, I would. I would. I think I would definitely consider doing that. And I think my wife, who was you know laid off at this time during the COVID nineteen pandemic, I think she'd also be like, you know what, honey, I'll miss you for those four to five months, but go make a couple million dollars. <laughs> All right, so there's that. I mean, a lot of players also do like it, but also a lot of players don't like it. A lot of moving parts when it comes to what they'll do out in Arizona if they do do anything. Uh, looking at that, what, late early, or middle to late May, possibly, we'll see the season get underway. But then there's this. Christian Yelich, Milwaukee Brewers outfielder, just signed that nice team-friendly deal with the Brewers to be a Brewer for essentially the rest of his career. He had an interview in WEEI in Boston uh, a couple days ago. All the days blend together. Does it really matter what day it is anymore? I feel it like it was sometime uh, this week. Sometime this week. Does it even matter? I think it was Tuesday. But Yelich was talking to uh, what was it the Ordway, Merloni, and Ferrari show. So, so a lot of that's a that's a mouthful right there of a show name. Keep it simple, Joe and Ebo show, legendary. But Yelich was talking to those guys. And he said, quote, I believe there's a fifty fifty percent chance or fifty fifty chance that there's a 2020 season in any shape or form. Quote, there's a very real chance that we don't play as much as there is that we do play. I would say it's probably 50-50. Now, they were trying to drum it up that Yelich was saying that there wouldn't be a season at all. But if you read Yelich's quote, listen to it, he says, there's a very real chance that we don't play as much as there is that we do play. I guess he is saying that there might be a, not a season. Do you take that? Yelich, who is saying that there might not be a season. Now he says 50-50, pretty middle-of-the-road answer. Do you take that as the 2020 season's in jeopardy? 
when one of their star players is like, hey, man, there might not even be a season. Uh, I'm not going to put much stock into that. Just because we've seen it's moved up so much time. It went from January 4th as a start. January 4th. That would be no that season. Would, that would be no uh, season. It, went, it started at July 4th as a start time yeah. to now May. the end of May. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like Christian Yelich is just kind of sitting on the fence, just kind of giving you the, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that too. He also said no one really knows of a start date. Yeah. Uh, he said, quote, no one really knows a start date or when there would even be a possibility, so that's the most challenging thing. It's hard to plan for when we're going to start when we don't know when we are going to start and the impacts of the schedule it will have. There's a lot of options, and all this depends on where we're able to start and really if we're able to start at all. From the player's point of view, we all want to play, obviously, but we want to make sure it's safe and it's the right time to do it. Now, of this, also of this, um, <laughs> oh, my God, my wife just texted me, and we were just talking about, I think she'd send me away for $3 million to be the, uh, for four to five months in this quarantine and baseball thing. She just texted me. She goes, I would send you away for a 1000 or $100,000. My wife would send me away for four months to play baseball for one hundred grand, and in fact, I think I would still do it. <laughs> I would still go away for a hundred grand. Jenny, I'll see you in four months. No, but Yelich said on the May, uh, late May start date, he said I saw that last night. I think, uh, I think late last night. No, this is Tuesday when he's saying it. So Monday night he saw it, and he said I think late Monday night was the first time I had actually heard of that plan of MLB restarting in May in Arizona. So even Yelich, a superstar of the league, hadn't even heard of the plan until it broke, I guess, over the news outlets. I don't think a lot of people in MLB know what's going on. I think they're trying to put a brave face on, which I appreciate, and say, well, I want to get this going. But I think at the end of the day, no one really even knows. Like Adam Silver for the NBA, he says, we don't know anything. We'll re-meet in May. You know, I have a little hope. At least... I like the fact that majors is coming out. Baseball is saying that we're going to try and get this way under late May. I like that they're trying to be optimistic about it. Wouldn't this totally just be a Brewer thing where they finally lock down probably the second best player in baseball for the next 10 years, and then the first year in his prime, they aren't going to probably get to use him? Yeah. That's, I mean, just, that's just something that would typically happen to the Brewers. Yeah, right? and just like, you know, happened to the Milwaukee Bucks, too, when it comes to basketball. You got a team that best record in the league, reigning MVP. And they can't even finish the season, it's looking like. <laughs> and now, yeah, what was the front page of CBS? Who were the odds on favor to win it all? Now what's on the front page of CBS Sports? They're already talking about 2021 free agents, and they have a picture of LeBron next to uh, Giannis. Yeah, um, they were talking about that before the season was canceled, though. They were always trying to drum up Giannis leaving Milwaukee, despite him saying everything to the contrary. But when you go back to Major League Baseball and you have the players saying, especially Christian Yelich, a superstar of the league, I haven't even heard of this plan until late Monday night. And when did that plan leak? Sunday? Wasn't it Sunday? Monday? I mean, I mean, in all fairness, when do you think the players need to know the exact I mean, plan? I, I think the players would need to know the plan before us and us fans need to know. Wouldn't that make sense? Oh, I don't think, I don't think they really came out with a plan. I think they just kind of said, here's a date we're shooting for. Yeah, I don't think I like there's that. a concrete plan right now. I feel like... What do they still have? They have over a month and a half until late yes. late May. I feel like, uh, yeah, the players will hear about it before we do, most likely, unless someone leaks stuff. But uh, I feel like 
if they reconvene in May, kind of like the NBA says they're going to do, having a plan the first week of May, roughly a month from now, that seems like a, a legit thing. Yeah, and then Yelich said, what, what else did Yelich say? I think there are a lot of challenges for this plan. I don't think that this – that I don't think that – is the plan that they are for sure going to go with. I could be wrong. I would have to look into it a little more, but I would definitely, it would definitely be challenging. And he continued, now maybe that is something that we have to do just because of the times that we're in, and if that is our only option to play, then maybe it is our only option. I think there's definitely a lot of hurdles and challenges that need to be talked through. And then he finished with, there's a very real chance that we don't play as much as there is that we do play, I would say it's probably 50-50. Now, that's a very middle-of-the-road answer. That he just, yeah. He's just like, I don't know what's going to happen. That, I'm not, I, I'm not I, taking that as the season's canceled. I'm taking that as the Yelich is like, I don't know what's going to happen, Listening dude. to some of those comments, my response would be, well, duh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, that, like you said, that was very... It's just, a, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's, it, it, I don't take it as, like, the headline of the article... Christian Yellis believes there's a 50-50% chance Major League Baseball cancels their season. Well, he didn't say that. He said, basically, I don't know what's going to happen. It could go either way, which is true. And then He's he, not saying it's canceled. He's he just saying, I don't know what's happening. Then he mentions that they need he hasn't heard a plan and they need to come up with a safe plan. Well, duh. Yeah. I mean, this is they're trying to drum up clicks for a lot of these... Yelich says the season's probably canceled. He never said that. They're not gonna. They're not gonna put that expensive of an asset in Christian Yelich out in a Arizona spring training facility so that he could come down with COVID nineteen. Exactly. Like, let's think about this logically. Exactly. So there is a ton of moving parts, though, when it comes to this plan um, of possibly, if there is a plan, of restarting beige or baseball in the Phoenix area for their spring training facilities. A lot of moving parts. But I like the fact that they put a target out there and they're trying to figure out how they can aim correctly and hit the bullseye. They're doing the ready, aim, shoot. And if these leagues like MLB and NBA aren't doing these things, coming together and trying to come up with ideas how they can continue the season, how they can go and figure out ways to play around this pandemic, then what are you doing? Yeah, I mean you gotta like, be you gotta be job. working on a solution. You that's have to like. be trying to come up with something. Yeah, uh, you know, and we don't know what's happening behind all the closed doors. I mean, then you got other guys like Dana White, UFC two forty nine, who's trying to do who something. Who came up with a way? Who came out? Who yeah, came up with a way, had a plan, and then the top executives from Disney and ESPN told him he had to shut it down, despite having a plan in place. Uh, the King says on Twitch, the players will not agree anything until COVID nineteen goes away. Well, then my thing would be if I was – this is just me looking at it. Then if I'm a player, I wouldn't expect to be compensated because b- baseball is guaranteed money Yeah, well, where you have yeah, to play. The Players Association in the majors are already talking about – I know in the NBA they're talking about prorating and they get a certain percentage of their contract when one get all of it. So I don't care about the money side of things right now because I'd rather have sports and then they can figure out the money. Like, will sports be back? That's what I want to know. I don't want to care if they're nickel and diamond each other. Will sports be back? Do you have a plan to bring sports back? How will you get it done? How will you go to the spring training facilities uh, in Phoenix area and get it done while being safe without pissing people off, the powers that be, Well, that's not to, say, to say that they can't do it? No matter what they do, it's going to piss people off one way or the other. Well, the people that matter. like Apparently to Dana White, the top executives for Disney 
and the top executives in ESPN, they have a big say. They have pull because they told Dana White to stand down, and he unfortunately stood down. So you can only you can only go so long of people not making money for the to the point where they're like, all right, we need to figure something out. You need to let us play because we need to get money rolling in. We're million billion dollar industries. We need money rolling in, and that'll help start things get back to normal. Think Dana White would take uh, people that volunteered to go work on his infrastructure on this private island to volunteer. <laughs> I mean, volunteer are you volunteering least, yourself right now? I would go do it. Tweet at him. Be like, "Yo, Dana, I'll help you get this going right now." Would you? You need a laborer. You need a laborer. We got Nelson. I'll send him for you. I'll send him. You have my blessing, <laughs> you, Nelson. You get the private plane. I'll man it here. You go to, and then we'll know where the island is. And you have first-hand knowledge. Will you do a live interview from the island with us? Oh, about for how sure. You're, how you're carrying bags of concrete? Yeah, with my hard hat on. Yeah. At least Nelson's being proactive and starting to, trying to bring sports back. I'm, I, on the, I'm on the front lines. He's on the front lines building infrastructure on Fight Island, brick by brick. RJ, when it comes to – I'm glad you're here because I want to talk Wisconsin and the statement they released on some sports talk here. So – if you are, and this came from the University of Wisconsin yesterday, if you are a spring, a senior spring sport athlete, you will not get an extra year of eligibility at Wisconsin. Uh, they're not taking up the NCAA and allowing senior sport athletes that extra year of eligibility due to the COVID-19 shutdown of their early season. And they said, quote, um, so I'm not going to read all of it, but in regard to athletic competition, we will continue to follow the guidance of medical professionals we're in a rapidly changing environment that makes decision-making challenging. We will continue to keep the health and safety of our student-athletes, staff, and fans at the forefront of our decision-making. And they could go on to say, the athletic department has made the decision not to pursue waivers that would extend the eligibility of our senior student-athletes. Student-athletes in their fourth year of eligibility have concluded their careers with us. They would go on to say... Wasn't there like a line, it's time to move on? Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> they said... Uh, well, it says, the student-athletes in their fourth year of eligibility have concluded their careers with us. This group of student athletes has our full support up to, including, and beyond graduation. They are badges for life, and we are greatly appreciative of the way they've represented our department and the university. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what you're, you you're starting to see a lot more people, uh, especially within athletic departments, because the NCAA is like, yeah, they have an extra year of eligibility. Good luck figuring out how to figure that out. I don't know, like, how do you figure that out? Like, it's not magically. The, the kids coming in, the incoming freshmen, are taking somebody's scholarship that's leaving. Yeah, because that's how it works. Like, you don't magically get, new, get scholarships. new scholarships. That's a scholarship. Like, that money doesn't come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the university or the athletic department can then pay that portion and be like, oh, here, we got it for a year, because the NCAA is going to be like, no, you can't pay your athletes. Well, what are we going to do then? It's you a domino to, effect yeah. because if, if they do come back, then the juniors coming up that were going to be seniors are affected, and then you got the freshmen coming in who get a scholarship. Do they get a scholarship? And then it affects the people in front of them, the sophomores. It affects the juniors. And it's a whole domino effect right. of how in the hell do you figure it out? I guess someone's got to be the bad guy and saying, you know what? Yeah. What happened and, in life? Everyone was affected negatively by this. But, but right now it's like these people have the opportunity to then go somewhere else. They can they can go be a grad transfer somewhere. Now you like all depending on like your program that you're in and how many 
credits are going towards whatever something you'd be in a graduate program. It couldn't be at a uh, it'd have to be a program that your school didn't have or something like that uh, along those lines. So they have that opportunity to go somewhere else. Um, and, you know, you, we've I've seen a lot of people like athletes on Twitter posting that, you know, hey, I'm leaving. I won't be doing my final year here. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it's because privately schools are coming out to the athletes and saying, Look, you're not going to be here next year. Well, it's like, what can you do though? How do you? And Nelson, yeah. Nelson's under the belief that competition breeds competition, and then that they should be allowed to come back, and the, this will make the juniors better because now they got to compete with the super seniors. Sure, now, but which I, mean, I understand. But then, how do you? How, it, right now, it's on the school's discretion. And sorry, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. It's yeah. a business. Yeah. At Where are you going to come up with the extra money to have an extra? Five, six yeah. people on your roster. This is a ripple effect that affects everyone for years. Yeah, it's like a, you just got to be like everyone was affected negatively and poorly over this. Yeah, every the whole world right has has everything's been screwed up. There's just got to be sorry, hard reset. I mean, we just saw the Big Twelve as a conference dock all salaries ten percent. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the reality of the situation is the situation sucks. Yeah, what else are you going to do about it besides? Well, I know it's not ideal. No one wants this, but what can you do? Sorry, no, right? No yeah. year. So uh, that's just. I don't. I, I'm not saying I agree I with mean, it. I don't agree right. because I uh, I feel bad for the kids, but it's at least it has come out now. You're giving, uh, but it's you not can like still the grad summer. transfer. You, you can still grad transfer. Right. Yep. So I mean that's still available there. Um, you know, some of the people, maybe some of the scholarship people are just holding on to a scholarship at this point in their career. Yeah. Um, you hate saying that, but I mean, yeah, just what, it what is, can you, what can it you is do? what it is. What can you do? Right. So, I mean, like, where's the, where's the if, extra if money going to come from? Where's these scholarships yeah, going to come from? If you where's... grant that these seniors an extra year, then you got to grant the next, the juniors lost a year too. What are yeah. you going to do about that? They get to stay in school well, another year. What about year? the sophomores? Well, no, in? they didn't have that opportunity. Why not? Well, they lost a yeah. year. If you grant the senior here that eligibility, you, yes, the last person, people to get affected are this year's current freshmen, but. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, that's a four-year process, or if that if that person redshirted, uh, well, three to four-year process now of get granting people an extra year of eligibility because they missed a season. It's, okay. uh, it's as bad as it sounds is. I've. I, I'm okay with the decision. I mean, I don't know what I, else I, it would do. Yeah, I feel for the people who missed their season. Like, sure. I but mean, also I, I feel for doing this. I'm glad as a coach, my wrestling season concluded. Yeah. I mean, like you we were got able to sneak the, it in, right? We in got or... the individual state championship and the team state championships happened. Hockey with the same thing in high school. They're there were they were the next weekend, the same weekend as team state for wrestling. Mm-hmm. They got their championships in. I I feel horrible for basketball, both boys and girls, and these spring sports who don't get to, most, most likely yeah. don't get to. Now, the WIAA is one of like 45 states or 44 states who still hasn't canceled the spring session for sports yet, so there still might be that chance. But, I mean, basketball lost their opportunity to 
Yeah, and then what do you say to the kids that? Yeah, what do you say to the kids that in basketball, NCAA basketball? Right. Sorry, you couldn't be in March. You're a senior, Brevin Pizzle. Sorry. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and you know who else I feel bad for? The small business owner that's hemorrhaging money and can't make you know bills. I feel bad for a restaurant that probably will never open again. I feel bad for mm-hmm. you know the guy that lost his job that might not be have it back when this is all said and done. I feel bad for the families that got to suffer when you know the schools are shut down. I feel bad. There's everyone you feel bad for. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no good solution for anything right now besides a wait and see approach. Right. And and you know as much as I don't agree with. Like people losing out on things, what? How do you? How do you go back retroactively and fix it? You yeah. can't. Well, at least like Wisconsin is out in front of this, as as far as I can see. Now, what if they made this decision mid July, and it's like, eh, we've. Well, they'd probably have to make it before the next academic year starts, July first. So mm-hmm. late June, you're like, now nah, you guys can't come back. You know, and then think about this. What else is it affect? They canceled Wisconsin had canceled all those camps that were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kids that have gone on to Wisconsin football that earned scholarships during those camps. Like, what are you going to say to those kids then? Like, oh, sorry, we're not going to give you a scholarship. We didn't have these camps. Like, the the was it Logan Brown? Who's the guy that um, is coming in? That big offensive lineman that he won a scholarship well, at the camp. Most of them have. Like, yeah, like you can't, you don't have that opportunity anymore. Yeah, it's some, not fair. Some of it's these not fair kids, for anybody. Some of these kids go to the Wisconsin camp because of proximity, because of, you know, hey, I can be a big fish in a smaller pond, um, but, or I can go to the Alabama camp and be like just another guy and maybe get on somebody's guess, radar. Yeah. Um, now you don't get any camps. Right. And, yeah, Wisconsin has found a lot of kids via their, their yeah, high Chris school Borland. elite camps. Chris Borland yeah. came from one of them. Yep. Um, they, they get on those kids. They see them when they're freshmen or sophomores, and they're usually one of the first to to offer them, and that means a lot to kids. So, yeah, it's helped out a lot. Yeah, it's um, I mean, it's not it's not fair for anybody. But the, and that's the situation. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be fair because all this, the reality is it sucks ass. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's it's going to continue to suck ass for a while too. <laughs> like the the ripple effect, the ramifications. Like once we get back to life, whatever normal is after this, there's still going to be the ripple effect of, you know, everything. Right. It'll be like the the snap. Yeah. All right. Welcome back in. Happy Friday. Happy Good Friday. Easter, Sunday. Little different than uh, this year than the years past, right? Well, if you want to take, uh, if you don't want to go to the grocery store, you know, you want to stay with uh, at home and not have to deal with the, I don't even know if there would be crowds, but just, you know, the uncertainty of of being out there and you see people wearing masks and they got the gloves on. If you want to take everything out of your hands and just pick something up, how about the Thirsty Goat for Easter? You can pre-order your Easter meal, glazed ham, cheesy potatoes, honey glazed carrots, cornbread, and chocolate chip brownies. My God, that sounds good. $19.99 for two people. You can order by 5 o'clock today and pick up on Saturday between the hours of 3 and 5. So if you want to do that, you know, if you're a couple out there, just two people, want to do a little Easter dinner, that sounds or, or, or late lunch, that sounds awesome. Dude. Glazed ham, cheesy potatoes, honey glazed carrots, cornbread, chocolate chip brownies, $19.99 for two people. they got some other specials going on as well. Uh, just check them out on Facebook, online. You can also give them a call at 608-422-5500. Good stuff from the Thirsty Goat. And, dude, they're burnt ends. They get their brisket, Nelson. I know you've been there. How was that brisket, man? My God. Is it good? Yeah, the brisket is the best. Yeah, and they're also doing fish fry tonight as well. So if you're looking for a fish fry, 
get it going because that's bomb as well. Thirsty Goat, everything the Thirsty Goat does is just mm, delicious. All right, so when it comes to Wisconsin sports, we were uh, talking with RJ a little bit on the senior spring uh, sport athletes will not get an extra year of eligibility. Sucks. I feel for him. You know, that's that's tough. But how about this? Here's some good news for you. Uh, the athletic Seth Davis. You like Seth Davis, don't you know? Like Seth Davis. Uh, is, the former basketball. Yeah, analyst. he's like a fountain of knowledge, isn't he? I enjoy it. I, I, I will say I enjoy Seth Davis's work. I mean, I don't have any issues with him. Um, I, I like it. So the the managing editor of the Athletics College Basketball site, he has uh, ranked Wisconsin pretty damn high for next season. The way too early top 25 rankings came out. And the Badgers, uh, they also did bracketology we were talking about as well. The Badgers came in at number four overall and were the highest ranked Big Ten team uh, in his list, the Badgers were just crushing it right here. Gonzaga took the number one overall spot in the rankings, but Wisconsin coming in real high on the list. Four. What do you think about that? No, Wisconsin's been getting a lot of love on these. You, are, you literally are sleeping on them right now. Yeah, I had a yawn there. Yeah, sleeping on the Badgers for this upcoming season. Well, I feel like when's the last time the Badgers have been this highly touted? Coming off of their first Final Four appearance, right? And we expected them to make a deep run, and they did. Yep. I just, I'd hate for us to get so hyped on this Wisconsin team. Like, I like that they're getting a lot of respect. Obviously, I'm not ready to say I'm, I think they're going to the Final Four next year, but I'd hate to get that high on it. And then, you know what I mean? Just because I feel like they're getting a lot of love. Welcome back, RJ. <laughs> did you see Seth Davis' rankings yesterday coming out with Wisconsin? I, I did. Dude, what did you think of that? I, I loved it. Um, nice to see a team who's bringing back like almost everybody, everybody. getting some respect. So that's good to see. <laughs> I think the lowest I've seen them ranked on any of those, you know, not to, or super early rankings is like twelve. Yeah, they're like top fifteen in like everybody's. So Seth Davis really high on the Badgers. Seth Davis usually like he just like supports the Badgers though. I feel like you got other people out there that kind of talk crap about him. But from a big J, Seth Davis is, usually has Wisconsin's back, doesn't he, RJ? From time to time, yeah. There's there's times where he'll just kind of write him off, like it, he. Well, I mean Charles uh, Barkley was one most of the, one of them. Yeah, one Charles of the guys, Barkley, dude. Yeah, but. When they were making that run, he was one of the ones defending him over those guys at CBS. So I mean, at one point in time, nobody liked Wisconsin. What do you do? You take anything of these early top twenty? I'm sorry, way too early top twenty five rankings. No, like <laughs> I, I like them, but I like they're the, nice to see, especially when yeah. you're getting love. But it's I like the fact that Wisconsin gets out there and uh, is talked about nationally over it. I mean, I don't take it into consideration for the season, but I like the fact that they that the national media who we perceive them always hating on Wisconsin sports, is giving the Badgers love. Winning the hearts and minds. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like the too early football, I mean, had Wisconsin in the top 15. And, yeah. I mean, I think football has a little too many question marks to be <laughs> included in the top 15 right now. So, RJ, we have other teams from the Big Ten making the list. Let me see what you think of the way too early rankings they're loving Iowa. So Iowa came in at number eight, Michigan State 13, Indiana and Ohio State rounded off the top 25 at 23 and 24. But I saw Iowa getting huge love. 
what's the love with Iowa? Not a clue. That's what Nelson and I were trying to talk about yesterday. It's like, what, what, are we, what are we thinking about Iowa that they're getting so much love? They're right behind Wisconsin in these power rankings, the way too early power rankings. I mean, you have to think personnel-wise, but I don't think their coach allows them to reach their full potential. Like, he's too much of a liability on the sideline to have a team do well in, in college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the guy... He had to take anger management classes. Yep. And I don't think they helped. No. No. I mean, he still... I saw his son freaking out on the court, too. Yeah, his team still lack the discipline to be able to win a championship. They will get beat because they lack discipline. Um, And they don't have the talent... To overcome the lack of discipline. Yeah, you want I'm gonna is, keep talking about this. Is Iowa kind of like Wisconsin, like where they're just bringing back a lot of players? Is that why they're probably getting so much love? Yeah, and they have a, a decent recruiting class coming in, but still, like like I said, I mean, you have to look at what's on your sidelines and what's between everybody's head, and a lot of people don't do that. I mean, Iowa, for some reason or another, the basketball team. Never lives up to its potential. Well, Garza's yet. coming back, right? He was a junior this year. Yeah, who knows? I mean, so Gar- if, I mean, if there is a basketball after, season, but after the year he had, I think he might want to look to go on to the next level already. I haven't heard anything about him neither leave, by. Le- leaving. But I mean, what he did this year—it's one of those things. It seems like next year can only hurt you. I mean, Garza's a be- is he going to go the Ethan Happ route? Stay all as, as long as he can. Is he going to go? I mean it. I don't see Garza. I mean, you can make your money in the NFL, in the NBA. You can go overseas and do it. Yeah. I don't see him being like a name sta- a, a name in the NBA. No, but if he, it was like the fifties, sure. He definitely has the ability to stay on rosters. Like, True. Like look at Frank Kaminsky. He's not a name in the NBA, but but he can make some money on the end he, of the bench. He, he's a good big man who. Can step outside. Yeah, we'll and, we'll keep talking yeah. about the uh, basketball and the way too early rankings next. Stick around. The Packers are meeting with Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims. Mims, a three-year starter uh, with Baylor, ran a four. Was it a four-three-four, four-three-eight, a four-three-eight forty-yard dash at the combine? He's fast. Yeah, the guy can fly. He's very fast. He caught 186 passes. For 2,925 yards and 28 touchdowns over 49 games, in which he started 36 of those games. He caught at least 50 passes and scored eight touchdowns during each of his last three seasons. And he's a two-time All-Big 12 selection. 6'3", 207 pounds, and a blazer. I'm not talking about a car or starting out the marijuana. I'm talking about this dude is fast. And Rowdy, you said what? Boomer bust kind of guy? You're not, you're not um, as sold on him as other people? Yeah, I know some people have him a lot higher on their their draft boards. I I don't know how I'd feel about if the Packers, because I'm higher on him than I am with some other guys that would be somewhat in that range for the Packers. But he killed the combine. Like his numbers and his athletic ability are off the charts when it comes to the NFL combine. But when you dig a little bit deeper into his game on the field, like his actual tape, mm-hmm. you can you can see it. He is a downfield weapon, right? Yes, he's. I mean, he like, can just run. He's six three, roughly two hundred and ten pounds. He can go up high point of football. 
he's fast. Yes. Now some of that his some of his drawbacks. I mean, he did kind of get overshadowed by Jalen Hurd, who was drafted a couple of years ago. Or he was drafted last year by I believe it was the 49ers. Sure. So he wasn't necessarily the star on the team when there was another uh NFL type player on the roster. Mm-hmm. Now you can say that, but at the same time you can go his quarterbacks have never been that great. So it's not like he's ever played with like a big time NFL type quarterback. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's uh, fair to say Baylor, man, Baylor really hasn't turned out many big time quarterbacks. Who's who's the biggest one they've turned out lately? RG three. Yeah. That was a long time I mean, ago. Uh didn't they have um the guy that played for the Jets for like a second. Yeah. I can't remember. The his only name one you think of is RG three. But basically his profile is he is extremely good down the down the field. He's a deep ball threat. Now where he's gonna struggle is those intermediate passing routes or short routes. Yes. So now do you are you willing to use a first round pick on a guy that could help pop the top off downfield, but he's very limited everywhere else? Mm-hmm. I feel like he could either be a great pick or he could be like a guy that turns into, well, we're going to run him on a seam route and that's about it. Yeah. So uh, like what, how would you have the tiers for these wide receivers? Would, um, let's see here. Would like, I mean, CD lamb, Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, they're going to be gone. And I would even pick. put, yeah, like you'd assume they'd be gone, right? Yeah. And, I would, and Justin Jefferson would be what? Maybe the dream at 30. Would that, that be that the, would, would be that be the one at the, 30? Uh, if he's there, the ideal pick that he would be there. Now I still don't think he'd be there. I think he's probably gone even prior to 25. So I would, be, I would say lamb, your, Judy and rugs are gone for sure. Right. I would, I would even probably put Jefferson in there. Jefferson maybe, but I would assume he'd be gone. And that's your top four wide receivers. And then far. the next tier would be what Denzel Mims. Yep. Uh, Re, is it Rieger? Jalen Rieger. Yep. Out of TCU. And then, um, is it, uh, how do you say it? is I a Y U K. How do you say his name? Uh, Brandon. Oh, uh, uh, I can't even pronounce his name. But uh, then there's like what really good guys like Higgins, Pittman. Higgins would be in there. Pittman would Edwards, be in there. Chenault, Clay, would Claypool and Chenault. Like that's that's kind of like your second tier guys. Would you who is Chenault like the biggest risk out of a lot of those guys that would be second? Yes. Tier? Yeah. I I'm not a Colorado. I'm not a fan. There, of there was Chenault. a lot of expectations for him this year, and no, he's a boom bust guy. I think he's more of. a a bust, a bust in my opinion, too. So I'm reading this thing right here. His Chenault is a very fun player who creates instant offense with the ball in his hands. After watching Debo Samuel and Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's not difficult to imagine that adding Chenault, what that could do for the Packers in a similar 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 role, but he's still a raw route runner and has a lengthy injury history already, creating substantial risk. Yeah. I I it's I wouldn't you gotta you got to put Brandon Ayuk in there too. Uh, that's Arizona the name. State. That's yeah, the name. that's the one he was oh. trying to think I, I of. Honestly, he's like, even, I um, also wasn't paying Brand, attention. Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> yes. I was like, I don't know how to say this. Ayuk. <laughs> you, you kind of threw me for a loop because I didn't even know who you're talking about for a second there. He also can say it, but he can't spell it. I can spell it, but can't say it. So there we team we take team each other to go Ayuk. There you go. But yes, <laughs> he, him, Mims, and Higgins, in my opinion, and by him I mean Ayuk, are probably your next three in a tier of your second tier behind those top four. And I think that's probably where the Packers will be drafting. Would they, and Rob Reichel said yesterday, our Packers insider from Forbes.com, that he doesn't see a scenario where the Packers trade up. Well, if the dream would be like a Justin Jefferson and we think he might be gone by 30, would you trade up? 
if you're Brian Gutekunst, I think to get you him. definitely have to entertain it. I mean, obviously, if, if he's if he goes top fifteen, there's no way they were going to trade up. Now, if he if all of a sudden they're in the twenties, and he's still sitting there, I think you'd have to really consider it, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, to go up, to go up from thirty to fifteen is a hell of a lot more value that you'd have to be giving up to go up from 30 to 25. Yeah, for Jefferson, they say the Packers could really use an athletic player who can create separation, get open from the slot, and that's something the Packers need as the slot guy. Catch everything in sight, create yards after the catch, win in traffic, and provide Aaron Rodgers with a reliable target in the middle of the field. That's Jefferson. The LSU star could be the ideal complementary receiver for Devontae Adams in the Packers offense, and he is the dream yes. at pick 30. If uh, But for you two, if those four are gone – which of the Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, uh, Brandon Ayuk, or T. Higgins would you prefer? Because I think those, I think that's your clear-cut second tier of the wide receiver group. I, there's a guy I kind of like, but he's not there. It'd be a guy maybe in the third or fourth round in K.J. Hamler. Okay, out of Penn State? Yeah, the slot receiver, which... I uh, think he's projected third yeah, round. But I, I like him in terms of... You know, when you lost Randall Cobb, you haven't had that real slot receiver. I, I at least I think, in my opinion, there. Yeah, there I know um, there hasn't. I know the big thing with receiver. Hamler is that he's got a, a limited route tree. Yeah. Right now, it's a lot of underneath stuff, and right. then basically using his speed, just being athletic in open field. And I know he has some route some uh, hand issues, as in drops. <laughs> well, that that was one of his big drawbacks. Well, I think he'd fit right into the Packers wide receivers in right now. <laughs> I don't know if we necessarily want that. Yeah, we're looking for the right. opposite of that, right? I think the if you're looking for a guy that looks like a Randall Cobb type, I think I think that might be Brandon Ayuk. I like Ayuk. I mean, he he's a guy that especially just learn how to say his name properly. <laughs> I mean, he's extremely I can athletic. Do it. I can spell it. I just can't say it. Uh, they Ayuk, what a dynamic big play creator. They say he could thrive in LaFleur's offense. Everything you'd want in him. Big play. What did the Packers always miss out on? Big plays. Big plays. Ayuk, big play. Guys who can't get away and don't allow Aaron Rodgers to move around and throw the ball to them. Ayuk is he's like super athletic, but he's not he's not the biggest guy. Like we talked about Denzel Mims earlier. He's six foot three. Ayuk is probably closer to five eleven. But they said Hey, dudes at five eleven are pretty badass. In his profile, though, he's got. I know ex- from experience. <laughs> he's got an extremely Believe long me. wingspan, so he actually can cover more ground to catch footballs than you would think a guy that's five eleven ish would. He's got an eighty inch wingspan. Jesus, that's pretty. That, 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 should that's be playing huge. basketball with yeah. that. <laughs> Does his hands hang down to his ankles? Good God, that's, and that's impressive. Yeah. He's like a freak show. He, I mean, he tested... 5'11 of an 80-inch wingspan? <laughs> his, does his knuckles drag on the ground when he walks around? Hey. Bring him better, on. Better He's like catch, Slender Man. Pick be- him up. Yeah, pick <laughs> him up. Better to catch footballs with, right? Yeah. I mean, he it's tested... like Stretch Armstrong. He tested out as the 90th percentile athletically for the combine. Like, that's pretty impressive. That is. That's pretty good. Especially when the, the next closest guy... Was Henry Ruggs with that stuff, and we Ruggs. all know how Ruggs's uh, mixtapes of his basketball career in high school kind of took ball. off. Jesus, that guy could. So throw I think down. I think RJ, if you're looking for a slot guy, uh, you might be 
that guy in that tier that you'd be looking for you'd if be you saying, wanted uh, to use yep that to pick. Mm-hmm. Which I know he's really flown up a lot of draft boards here in the last few weeks, especially on just mock drafts. Yeah. You're starting to see him kind of in around that 30th pick where the Packers are and then early second round where I think before that, I think he was probably clear cut second round. Nelson, you're rubbing your hands a lot during this. Like you, you. I'm ready for the draft. When Nelson, like, I, when Nelson is he's like very, in his element. When Nelson is very confident in something and knows it, I notice that he rubs his hands when he's talking. So the whole time, Nelson's like, like, did you see it, RJ? Yeah. He, that's because you know, you know, he's dropping knowledge when he's doing this the whole time. I've taken a lot of time. He's to, doing it again, folks. I've taken a lot I know. of time. He's doing to, it. That's because you know what you like when you think you're like, yeah, I got this topic. I'm all over this topic. This is me, baby. He starts rubbing his hands. He's like Birdman. You know, I've seen those memes of Birdman. Yeah. He's like like the rubbing Play-Doh snakes. That's like Nelson rubbing his hands. I love it. That's why I know you're confident, Nelly. Who else are you looking at in your big board? Keep rubbing those hands. You're bringing it. Well, I mean, there's so many options. It's That's why I love this draft because I feel like you have your clear-cut guys in this draft that are going to be gone by, like, the top 20, right? Mm-hmm. The clear guys that, you know, there's no shot unless they trade up that they have. Right. But there seems to be so much depth in this class from basically we'll go with pick 30 since the Packers pick there till like, the sixth round at certain positions. Where I feel like if you do your due diligence and you crush your tape and you went and really evaluated, you can find some good players especially at the wide receiver position where it's so deep or at certain other positions in the fourth, fifth, sixth Have round. you looked at Antonio Gibson? They call him the go-go gadget. Is he a running back? Is he a slot receiver? Who cares? He's a big play waiting to happen. I'm not as high I'm not as high as some people out there that I've seen. They say no as. prospect has this combination of athleticism, tackle breaking ability, and gadget skills. I got my go 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 gadget flow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as high da, as da, some da, people. Da. I've I don't know about his hands, and I feel like he never really truly had a position. If you know what I well, mean. Well, yeah, that's, like, what, that's what they like, say. Is like, what is he? Yeah, he. They don't really know what he is, and well, he's an athlete. Gonna, we he's all, got his head on a swivel. We all saw what happened when the Packers tried to make Montgomery a receiver slash running back. I feel like he's been lost in the fold ever since. Right? What yeah. team is he even on now? I think Baltimore, Baltimore. Last time I checked, Balt. Yeah, I think I, it's still Baltimore. But remember, anything that went wrong wasn't his fault. If he's not on Baltimore, he's probably not on a roster. I don't know. I have, but, I have no idea. But I mean, and frankly, I don't care because I can't stand him after that fumble he did against the Rams. If you remember, if we want to talk about guys just take like a him, knee. Sorry. If we look at his rookie year, remember when they played him in the slot and he like made some decent catches, like he showed some flashes, yeah. Yeah. and then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, actually, we're not going to sign any running backs, and we have some injuries, so we're going to try and make you a running back." And the guy hasn't done anything since. T. Lenoy 11 on Twitch says this would have been the perfect Ted Thompson draft. It, he's so correct. many good players that it would actually be correct to move back and get extra picks. I, Ted I 100% Thompson agree with him on that. Ted Thompson is sitting somewhere in a basement in between grinding tape of D3 prospects saying, oh, in a perfect world. Oh, he's on the Jets right now. Oh, he's no with the way. Jets. Ted yeah. Thompson is salivating. So his right career now. definitely is going to die. <laughs> yeah. Dude, funny. What well, um, what would you think about like, Ty- and this is later in the draft, but like Tyler Johnson, like from See, Minnesota. That guy has lost so much value yeah. over the last month because he didn't go to the comp, uh, right? And th- because and now, and they, they said he they, was scared to run. Oh, that's great because I he wasn't that. gonna have the the best time. 
But the Scared other thing to run when you're when your I mean, job is predicated on running and then died on the field. <laughs> so that's pretty good. The the remember when PJ Flack had to run out and revive him and got a 15 yard penalty against Iowa for it. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he was that receiver. Yeah, that was I him. forgot about that. He he died on the field. Like do you, like legitimately? No, you don't remember? He got hit. Yeah. Like and then he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm like, is that guy dead?" Right. And Hey kids, you want to see a dead but, body? But yet he popped up and then PJ Fleck just ran on the field for no reason. PJ Fleck. That guy's an idiot. But yeah, that that was like his one drawback is that they didn't think he had like enough downfield he's, burst. He's easily prone to And I don't think he does, but He's prone he's to dying, guy, RJ. He's a guy who's able to his, his catch radius is good. Like he's not missing well, those catches, and yet he gets the yards he's after got catch good, and after. Contact. He's got good hands, yeah, and he's he's powerful. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have that NFL downfield threat. Like right. we're considering Denzel Mims as a downfield threat, yeah. And he didn't run at the combine, and then he got his. I believe his pro day was canceled. Yes, so he lost. So now everyone's like, well, if he's scared to run at the combine, does he really have any speed? Because I think they were projecting him to be like. Kind of closer to where Cephas ran. Well, I was going to ask you about Cephas. What if it was later in, like, I mean, Cephas, what did they have him going, like, sixth or seventh round? I, I saw some there. I think the last the one highest I saw I was seventh round now. Yeah. What, like, would you take, if you were if you were Gutekunst, would you take a flyer on Cephas in those later rounds? I sure. Mean, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think a guy like Tyler Johnson, now that he's falling, and Quintez Cephas would be prime examples of receivers that could God. turn into being – I wonder, well worth well, and the that just shows you how deep this receiver oh, class is. Like, I if, if you Cephas, were an underclassman, why did you leave? Right? If if I'm Cephas and the Packers were to draft me and stuff, I'm like, dude, I can't get out of Wisconsin. Like, can yeah. I get out of Wisconsin? <laughs> My God. I think I think I saw there was like 32 receivers in this draft yeah. class. I mean, with Hamler, he's a top 10 receiver, and he was, he was a redshirt sophomore. I mean, th- those are the kind of guys you're going up against now where – Next year, you could have been that top ten receiver. Pack fan Ryan says if the Packers don't draft Cephas, we riot. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we have the King saying the Ted Thompson is going to hack the draft because they had they had concerns about yeah. Ted Thompson just knows how to put play in a VCR. I think he still's got a flip phone. Yes, I think he he even has one anymore. Ted Thompson only knows how to run a Betamax or a plus play in a VCR to watch tape. I don't think he, I don't think he even <laughs> knows what a DVD player is. RJ, to your point, I think there was like roughly 32 receivers that were graded out yeah. that have, at the minimum, traits to become a legit NFL player, which is insane. That's, it's yeah, usually, 32 guys. Yeah, usually you don't get that. All right, welcome back in. Joe and Ebo show on a Friday. Happy Good Friday. If you want to do a little Easter thing, I already uh, talked about it a little bit, but I want to get it out there. Thirsty Goat, right there in Fitchburg, 3040K Hill, Maine. Thirsty Goat got an awesome, awesome Easter thing going down. If you order by 5 o'clock today, you can pick it up tomorrow, heat it up on uh, Easter, and get ready for a delicious you know, Easter meal. You get glazed ham, cheesy potatoes, honey glazed carrots, cornbread, and chocolate chip brownies, all for $19.99 for two people. Incredible, man. So get that order in by today, uh, latest at 5 o'clock, and you can pick up on Saturday, tomorrow, between 3 and 5. And you just uh, bring it back home, you heat that thing up, and you are in flavor country, my friends. Glazed ham, cheesy potatoes, honey glazed carrots, cornbread, chocolate chip brownies. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, Chef Jeff will take care of you. Chef Jeff's the man. That dude can throw down in the kitchen. 
And uh, they also do fish fry. So tonight, if you want to do fish fry, I know, you know, Good Friday, a lot of people are going to be hungry by, uh, you know, dinner time here. So they do fish fry as well. I Damn, some fish sounds damn good, dude. You a fish guy? A little bit. I'm not a I'm not a big fish guy like you are. Like, I'm a huge fish guy. I could say I'm a huge everything guy. I'm There's going, not a food I don't like. So. I'm going out to a you know quote unquote fish fry and not order the fish. Well, you went out last night, but you got the deliciousness that is the flavor country of Culvers. Culvers. And what's your go to at Culvers? Butterburger double in a basket. Butterbur and fries. Fries, of course. And then what do you get? A soda? Do you get a what do you get for the drink? Uh, normally I would have got a soda, but, uh, you know, I treated myself and had the concrete mixer with obviously Reese's peanut butter. Ooh, Reese's peanut butter cups, the greatest candy of all time. I've been just smanging, smanging on Reese's peanut butter eggs lately. Culver's though does on bomb Nelly. Double bacon butter burger deluxe with everything on it. Fries. But then you ask them to, for extra crispy fries, extra crispy fries. And then I'd get a mountain dew cause you got to do the dew. And then if I'm feeling real fat and sassy, I get that medium chocolate malt with double malt powder. Mm-hmm. Delicious. All right, 608-321-1670, Twitter at Zone Madison. Culver's also has a good fish fry, too. I think they brought the walleye back. I love you, Culver's. I love you. If you want to bring me something, I'm totally cool about that. All right, so Culver's rules. 608-321-1670, Twitter, Zone Madison. Nelson, you were kind of ranking... Uh, the so do you want the Packers to take a wide receiver for that thirtieth pick? Or yeah, who do you want? Because I mean, you're selling the sizzle on wide receivers. I'm starting to believe in it more and more. About I've been a, preaching it for months. See, everything is so variable right now, mm-hmm. just because they've changed so much. Once you really start digging in more and more to tape and Getting all digging. these other profiles, going digging. I'd say if you would have asked me about a week and a half ago, I would have been 100 percent okay with them taking an offensive tackle. Yep. Just because they're Protecting probably going to need and... probably going to need a right tackle, especially if uh, Ricky Wagner doesn't necessarily pan out or kind of has some injury issues. Yeah, but it just when you look at how the draft board's coming out when it comes to an offensive tackle, it just doesn't look like the Packers are going to be in position at thirty to get some of those top guys that are really worth that draft pick. Like the top offensive tackles, there's a clear cut. I would say probably three, four, they're all going to be gone well mm-hmm. b- well before you're at 30. And then you start getting into some guys like I, Josh Jones. I would be fine with Josh Jones out of Houston if they took him at 30. Here's the thing. The latest mock drafts, guy's not going to be there at 30. He's going, like, he's going pre-20 now, even though just a week and a half ago, Josh Jones was projected around the uh, Packers selection at 30. But I think there's like a solid top, two or three offensive tackles, and then you got the next two that are, like, behind them. Yeah. And then you have this little bit of a drop-off into a a clear-cut tier two, and that's Josh Jones to me, Mm -hmm. who's super athletic, but he's super raw. Yeah. And then after Josh Jones, I feel like it just drops from there. Like, I know know there are some on Packers Twitter in the last Packers Twitter is a pretty insufferable place sometimes, too, so keep that – in mind. They're they're huge on Ezra Cleveland, yeah. offensive tackle out of Boise. I read his profile. I'm not as big into him. I mean, he he's not as strong in the upper body. He's kind of like a, a I don't want to call him a 
I don't want to call a guy that weighs over 300 pounds a, a skinnier, lighter <laughs> offensive tackle. He's a skinny, fat guy? But, like, he just is, doesn't have – he's – he reminds me a lot of Jason Spriggs. And that okay, just scares me. Okay, so that scares me. me a little bit then. That yeah. scares me to death. Like, on offensive tackle, if those top guys, like Josh Jones is probably your best bet if he falls to 30. But once you get outside of that, I feel like Cleveland, Austin Jackson, some of these guys, they're just so inconsistent yeah. or were inconsistent in college and have so many flaws that you'd have to teach. I feel like it would be – more worth the value to wait in that third-ish round where you have the guys that I think could be guys that you could develop a year or two down, like Matt Pert out of Connecticut. I think he's a pretty good athlete. I think you have guys like uh, – oh, I'm going to screw up his name. That's fine. But I'm going to I'm gonna call him Prince Tega, the Auburn left Yo, tackle. Yeah. he's he, like These are guys that are extremely raw that have hardly played raw. college and high school football. Like they've just started playing – late into high school and they're big guys that are super athletic and you just gotta you gotta teach that up coach that up which i feel like though that's better value in the in the third round having to teach a guy that's athletic than some of these guys that have been top recruits in high school top recruits in college and then all of a sudden their techniques really aren't as good as Kind of like a Rashawn Gary type pick. Oh, all there you, it is. All you heard we had, out we of went it, for almost four hours without a Rashawn Gary drop, and here we go. Well, all you heard uh, he's so good in high school, and then he went to Michigan and he underperformed. But you still heard about how athletic he was, and that they should take a chance on his athleticism because they could mold him into something. We watched a whole sixteen plus games of him. He showed flashes maybe once or twice. Like <laughs> it's it's all about this hype that never actually lived up to it. I'm more with I'm more with getting on board with guys that have potential that may have started playing football later that have some of this hype around them. What if he had a really score in the Wonderlick test, but he was really athletic? <laughs> I feel like it's pretty impossible to score a nine. Well I think, unless you try. I think Vince Young scored like a six. Yeah, and Vince Young didn't last very long. How do you score Chris, a, I feel like you gotta try to get a six of the one. Christine Michael also had a uh Did he have like a three? He had a single-digit score, like seven, eight, or nine, somewhere in there. He remember the Packers took a flyer. He looked all right when he was with Seattle and the Green Bay, and then it turns out no, he actually just we couldn't have him on the field because he couldn't learn the plays. Yeah, like I feel like you have to. Like that's a real thing. So I'm looking at Wonderlook scores right now. The highest ever, Pat. I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. He's a punter. He scored a fifty. Pat O'Donnell. Oh, sorry, RJ. Try to do, I got to turn your mic on. Try it again. Pat O'Donnell. It wasn't the <laughs> wonderful Pat O'Donnell for the Chicago Bears. Not Pat O'Donnell. It was Pat uh, McAnally, McAnally, 1975. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's up there, isn't he? Uh, he scored a 50. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick scored a 48. Yep. Vince Young. Here you go. Here's low scores. Vince Young, a six. Frank Gore. A six. Oscar Davenport, a six. Ed Prather, a five. Darren Davis, a four. Morris Claiborne, a four. <laughs> Man, you gotta like try, I, mean, I feel like. What what are what do most of those guys besides Claiborne and Gore have in common? Outside of Vince Young, because you knew from him from Texas. You never heard of him. Yeah. Because they probably never became anything. 
uh, coach say, I just take the like, ball and I'm supposed to We've run talked with it. about Vince Young more than we should have on these airwaves for not being a Wisconsin or. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really Vince Young was part of the Green Bay Packers. Not much of a Green Bay Packer. He was. He was a Green Bay Packer. Didn't make it out of camp or uh, a preseason, but, but he was talked, a Green Bay Packer. We've talked about uh, he has had a terrible Wonderlick score. Now, Wonderall's not end all be all, but when you get a six. And you struggled just to be Vince Young, and that was all you were asked to do at Texas after your NFL yeah, career just, was just over. Just be Vince Young and don't get and pulled you, over and for you a struggle DUI. With that, I mean, come on, don't, it does tell you something. They're like Vince. You already got a couple Deweys in your name. Just be you, without the drinking and driving, and you'll be fine. And what did he do? He got popped for a Dewey, and then it he was got a fired. six-figure job too. Yeah, for just him to just be Vince Young, like and showing up to Texas events. Yeah, like it, you don't get an easier job than that. Well, I'll Be yourself to, and I'll show up. I'll don't score to six. I'm a wonderlick. I ain't the brightest.